BI Radio and Fire Up are proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. Was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A little bit out of character. He's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. And, uh, it's just rubbing salt into the work. You can see the head clash there. Oh, very nasty. And the crowd love it. They've all taken the angry pill. That smashes him to ground. The one-handed pass back inside. With a delicate kick. And he smacked their bottoms with a beautiful bit of football early. Thank you, Mrs. Another little slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the burst. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Steps. Steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale as they Well, my heavens, Chris, uh, Rugby League, as always, never ceases to amaze me with its predictability. There is, it's like a two-faced coin. There is hate and there is love. And on one side, you can be, well, the Bulldogs. You can hate them many, many years ago, as many people did in this city. This Dogs of War hated them. Hated them. And then, of course, like last night, you can suddenly go, wow, you know what? I quite like those dogs after all. Can I say that they were brave? They were brave, Chris. Brave Bulldogs. They were warriors. And isn't that at the core of what uh, sport, and the only one sport that can really accommodate the war metaphor is rugby league. In the trenches with your mates, etc., etc. You know, you bleed, you battle. I mean, look at Boyd Cordner, warrior exemplar. He's going he's gonna to go all the way with that head, that brain of his being turned into marshmallow, isn't he? I don't know. I don't, do I want to get into Peter Fitzsimons' article yesterday? There, there is a famous cliche that we've tried to retire from rugby league. It's when commentators say, but I'm no doctor. But apparently Peter Fitzsimons is. is. <laughs> you know? Peter Fitzsimons is many things, Chris, as we know. And uh, I think more than anything, he loves a bit of traction, doesn't he? <laughs> What's the hot button topic this week? And I'll just keep pushing it and pushing it. And then I'll say, I told you so. I mean, it's a quiver with few arrows in it, but it's basically concussion and, and stadiums. That seems to be able to get him a career in journalism, Stephen. By the way, you've kind of thrown me. You said rugby league has a two-sided coin of hate and love. Yeah. Where does hope fit into that? Well, that overrides everything, Chris. <laughs> It never does, and there's hope next year. Not this year, but next year uh, for your team, my team, and many other teams. Now, look, last night there was, a, there was a game between a team that's nearly at the rock bottom. Let me just check the ladder. Chris, do you know what the ladder says at the moment? I what know exactly what the ladder says, Stephen. You are an expert, aren't you? Right now, at the very bottom on the 16th position is a team called the Brisbane Broncos. Absolutely unheard of. They, in their proud history, Stephen, which stretches back to the late 80s, that long? Yes, that long. <laughs> that far back. They've never been in possession of the wooden spoon. I hasten to add, by the way, that my West Tigers, who have some 20 years of pride in their involvement in the National Rugby League, have never held the wooden spoon. And Rugby League loves a story. It does love a narrative. A narrative. Yeah. We all love a dialogue and a narrative. And that narrative right now today is that last night, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, once upon a time known as the Berries, uh, buried South Sydney. 
the pride of the league, Chris. Did you know that? <laughs> and when South Sydney are doing well, did you know that? Rugby, Rugby league, league is, is doing, doing well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, last night I think many people took great delight. And, of course, you can SMS if you disagree. And what's that number? 0409-945-945. And uh, voice your opinion. But uh, I think that I've never seen a happier man than Steve George Alice, the interim coach of the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs last night when they won. I illegally snapped a screenshot off the Fox coverage of Steve George Alice, Stephen, and I said, how could you not love or be happy for this bloke? Yeah. And the amount of responses I had from Twitter, it was retweeted. The West Magpies Twitter feed mm. took it and reposted it, etc. And I do say to all those people, if you do like the tweet, please follow our Twitter feed. I mean, it's one extra click. But George Alice represents something, can I say... Lost. Of, something lost. Yes. And, and it, not only was there a reflection in the Bray Bulldogs of yes, what Rugby yes. League used to be, and George Alice, the personification of that, Stephen... Did you not also recognise what a gala event last night actually was? Yes. Uh, you, what you're talking about, of course, is the Australia of old, the virtues and the qualities, the uh, the, 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 the I guess what we knew was a, a fair go Australia many years ago, and, and that seems to be lost in many, many things, commercialism, um, uh, you know, death by any means whatsoever, uh, pressures, uh, culture wars, governments at war with people, and yet in that same venue last week, 20 years ago, the city was unified, there was magic in the air, and everybody loved everybody. Whether you were a foreigner or a local, traffic was great, the beaches were great, the sport was great, we had Kathy Freeman, we all forgot about John Howard, and didn't last night sort of show you how far we've fallen in 20 years, Chris? <laughs> so A glimpse, though. You're referring to the fact that it's the 20th anniversary of the Sydney Olympic Games, the yes, Summer right. Olympic Games. That's right. You know, as Juan Antonio Samaras so beautifully put it, it's the greatest games ever. Has he said uh, that since? No. Well, he's dead. Um, and, and, and so what this country does well is commemorate great occasions. And you talk about that high point, that bonhomie that defined Sydney, nay, defined Australia. And so to celebrate the 20th anniversary on the footprint the footprint where the Australian athletes marched into the stadium. The very same. Andrew Gaze came in brandishing the Australian yes. flag. That Kathy Freeman lit the cauldron that lit the hopes of all the world. And celebrating women, centenary of women in rugby, in, uh, rugby in the Olympics. <laughs> That's in Olympics. A hundred years of female participation in the Olympics. Yeah. The 20th anniversary on that very same sacred, sacred turf, turf. Bulldogs versus South in I front know. of 4,000 people. <laughs> See, and we're in a pandemic. I say to you, Chris, that Nostradamus wouldn't have seen the downfall so quickly. <laughs> How did it come to this? I don't know. Where we're all screaming and yelling, all 4,000 of us there, not us, but those watching the television, for the lowest of the lowest team, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, with an interim coach, no hope whatsoever, bug, just buggered, a bung team to beat South Sydney. Glory, glory, you and, know. And, and, and by the way, uh, Tog That Tiger just followed me on Twitter, so we're cutting through. But to... to and so, therefore, we, we and you think we were lucky enough on our uh, our companion podcast on the Diamantina Media Network, uh, oh, Stephen. Yes, if you just listen to the radio and that's all you do, you should also be aware that we give you value for money. We do. So you can listen to us here. Yes. You can podcast this as well it goes at a later up. date. Thanks, Redford. And Pat. we do a compendium or or an, a, a, a sort of a, a, a part B, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. The Quiet Australia. Quiet Australia on the Diamantina Media Network, part of the Batuta Advocate machine, if I can use that word. <laughs> and we were delighted on the actual 20th anniversary because yes. we know how to celebrate, Stephen. We sure do. Earlier in the week, we interviewed Ignatius Jones, who was one of the directors of the opening ceremony. Yes. And you talk about the music. You were there. I was there. Yeah. You talk about the musical talent that was assembled for that event, Julie Stephen. Anthony. Human nature. Tina Arena. 
John Farnham. Yes. Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Amorosi. Let me tell you. Pair of lungs. Great set of pipes. <laughs> great set of pipes. Sit- I mean, but everybody's going... Where was In Excess? Where was Cole Chisel? Where was ACDC? Where was Midnight Oil? Where was Kylie Minogue? A closing ceremony, some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Sydney Symphony Orchestra. Oh, like, like the, the, the Sydney Chamber Choir. It was children's Choir. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Last night. Yeah. And Tap Dogs. Don't forget the Tap Dogs. <laughs> All that incredible Australian music. The yes. Tin Symphony. Yes. Ian Cooper. Yeah. You know, dare I say Nicky Webster. Right. Dare I say it. To celebrate last night, the in-game DJ mm. at the Bulldogs played, the, I think, the William Tell Overture during the Captain's Challenge, which evoked the horses that Ignatius organised to come out. you're a student of film. Yes. And theatre and culture and history. I don't know what you're not a student of. You're a student of everything. <laughs> I call you a polymath, aren't you? Anyway, you, you've seen the film The Manchurian Candidate where Frank Sinatra is programmed to kill. Yes. Okay. You've also seen Zoolander. <laughs> You know, whereas is it kill the Malaysian president with relax? There's always a trigger, Chris, a trigger. It's a, a phrase or a song. Now, last night it was the William Till Overture, and suddenly we were there, weren't we? The, the golden time of 2000. I, I could see the disappointment etched on Susie O'Neill's face <laughs> as she didn't win Madam Butterfly 200 metres. Right. Butterfly. I had flashes of the men's 4 by 100 metres freestyle smashing the Americans Did like guitars. Yeah, yeah. Eric Deal, yeah, Eric yeah. Musambani. Yeah. Bang. And, and what about the... Dare I say, I can't remember her name. The walk who lost at the last minute. Oh, uh, Jane Savile. Jane oh, Savile, the and, heartbreak, and Chris. The heartbreak. heart were broken. And, and it, th- those images were just yeah, being, Flashing. Yeah. And the other piece of music that yeah. the DJ delivered for us? Yes. Black Sabbath Iron Man. Is that right? And what did that... Uh, what, what sort of memories came up with that one? The triathlon, Stephen. Where, <laughs> where, where else in the world could you brave the sharks, mm. and I'm not referring to the Cronulla Sutherland here, dive into Sydney Harbour, swim your course, get out, bike, run... Yeah. And what a mag! Look, congratulations to the National Rugby League for absolutely packaging up the Olympic memories last night yes. in that brilliant fixture between the dogs and the rabbits. Yes, yes. Well, you might want to thank the NRL. You might want to thank Steve Georgialis for making that victory such a pleasant one to watch. Go the underdog. But the reality, Chris, there's always an underbelly to rugby league. There's always mm. a dark, dark force at play, isn't mm. there? And nobody knows the full story. Not- Wayne Bennett will never write the book, will he? <laughs> He'll never reveal the secrets. He'll never reveal whether he was actually tongue-in-cheek or telling the truth. And we know that the vitriol, the hatred that runs so deep with that swap of coaches from Brisbane to South, because, you know, he was he was Mr. Brisbane, Mr. Queensland. Ruled the city. Got shafted, sent down to South Sydney as punishment, <laughs> right? The hatred for Seabold, the coach that came to South, the glorious winning coach, is so great that he could not wait to put that little... That nail, one last nail on the coffin to put it on, to put Brisbane into last position. Is that what you're saying? I don't, I don't want to get too much into the complicated European history as part of the Australian history, Stephen, but they used to refer to a thing called transportation. Yes. Is that what happened to Bennett? I mean, is that what, is like going to South is like being sent to some sort of penal colony? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, I would have thought so, wouldn't you? Well, he, well and he's angry. Yeah. And look, I've written a script simply called Wayne. And uh, I, I put it into development. I put it in front of a number of studios. It's about to be green lit, and then suddenly, sorry, we can't make that movie. And that is the control that Wayne Bennett has. I think Stephen, he's uh, able to control a narrative in such a way that his influence goes beyond simple things like winning football games. Because is there any basis on which you expected the Bulldogs to win last night? No, not at all. I was shocked, and that's what kept me glued to the TV set. But what's, Is it possible? I did not believe that they were going to hang on and win. But what's the consequence of the Bulldogs winning last night? Brisbane coming last, 
getting the wooden spoon, which is the dream of many. It's never happened. Two rounds. It's a rarity. Up. It's a story. It's not just your dream, Stephen. It's not just my dream. It's Wayne's dream. Wayne's dream. And he's and if you look at some of the things that happen, like Josh Jackson clearly should have been sent in the Simbin on multiple occasions on the on the Bulldogs try line for interfering in the tackle. Klein leaves him there. Uh-huh. Jed Cartwright barreling over the line to get the Bulldogs, uh, the Rabbits, right back in the game. Inexplicably drops it uh, as Hopawati affects the tackle. Surely the betting agencies will be stepping in on this, Chris. No, look, no one batted an eyelid. Batted an eyelid because no. it's Wayne's world, right, Stephen. Right, right, right. And uh, and dare I say, look, as much as I want to applaud the dogs, uh, I, I I lean with George Michael when he says, "Shoot the dog." We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, fire up here on FBI. Too much to ask, Chris. We want to change the world, don't we? <laughs> One scoop at a time. Come on. Mm. November the 3rd, dump the turd. Is that the phrase? <laughs> I, like, I like the fact that Trump's slogan for this campaign is make America great again. Yes. Which should probably read make America great, great. again again. Again. I think. Again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you, Chris. Now, I think that we have a special guest on the line. Would you like to introduce them, Chris? So... It's been a tough year for rugby league, Stephen. I mean, particularly below the NRL level, it's been very patches who gets to play. Now, the feeder team for the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, of course, is the mighty Newtown Jets, who were looking forward to defending their Canterbury Cup premiership this year, Stephen. But the rug was pulled out from them. No footy for the Jets. No beer footy food festival with the rule boys down at Henson Park. It's a sad, empty black hole, Chris. So the Jets need funding, Stephen, and they've turned to one of their finest. Mm Mm-hmm. The man that you might see every time that Newtown scores a try at Henson Park who gets out on that penny-farthing bicycle yeah. and does a lap with the kids following, yeah. Johnny Trad. And Johnny joins us this morning. Johnny, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you, fellas? We're doing pretty well. What are you we're doing right now, Johnny? Well, we're preparing for another lap with Traddy at Henson Park. And what's that about? Well, we're raising money to help keep the jets flying because... Everyone knows, you know, they're not playing this year and not the competition stops. And uh, so, you know, like if we're going to think about the future and uh, we're just going to try and raise as much money as we can to keep keep us in the competition. Johnny, the first question I've got for you is, where is John Singleton in all this? 
Yeah, where is he? Where is he? And the helicopter and the big handouts. <laughs> Come on, money bags. <laughs> I've got footage of that helicopter, helicopter <laughs> coming down the Park, so. Yeah, so, Johnny, have you ever led those kids astray? Have you ever gone out the door and taken them to a pub or something when they follow you? Because they do follow you like you've got a, you know, a little... <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, mate. No, no, okay. And when did you first, first start learning the flying penny farthing cycling, like, caper? I did that, um, started in 2009. Mm. In 2009, yeah, I, I was videoing now. I was the video man for the jets, and the camera broke down, and uh, all of a sudden I brought the bike there, and that was it, mate. Was it, was, it, was it pre-planned, or you just got on it and rode around for fun? No, it wasn't. I just brought the bike there for fun. Yes. And, and we scored a try in the last minute. Yeah. And I got so excited, got on the bike, did a lap, and got a great reaction. I thought, hey, that was fun. I'll bring my bike next week. Every time I score, I'd go around, and, and that's it. That's how it started. Fantastic. I, I've always wanted to run behind the bike, but I'm a bit self-conscious <laughs> being almost two metres tall. Now, this this particular campaign, you can find it's called Laps with Traddy on Facebook. That's, that's, that's right. T-R-A-D-Y. Yeah, so that's right. Laps with Traddy, T-R-A-D-Y. You get on the Facebook page, and it'll give you the details to make a contribution. So my understanding, John, is you're actually on the bike right now doing laps down there at Henson Park, which used to be a velodrome, so it's, it makes sense. That's right. Only fitting, isn't it? <laughs> now, I I, you've been going for 17 weeks. Have you had a break? Yeah. Uh, I did have some problem with uh, the leg, the old 55-year-old leg. That's <laughs> up a little bit. And, and Johnny, and, uh, like the Tour de France, when you want to pee, what do you do? I don't. You I don't? I mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brave man. Um, now, you know, we often say that there's a there's a lame quote that says, you know, when Souths are doing great, Rugby League doing great. We reckon it's when Newtown's doing great, Rugby League is doing great, correct? That's exactly right. That's been our saying for a long time too, mate. <laughs> who was Everyone the, loves it. Yes. Who was Everyone. the first team in the comp? Newtown Jets, mate. Newtown Jets, mate. <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you what, it's a club that keeps giving. Not only did they win the Canterbury Cup last year, but they won the interstate clash against yeah. the Burley Bears, yeah, yeah. both in brilliant last-minute tries engineered by the great Billy Margulis. And if you want to look at... You want to look at Newtown's legacy? Have a look at Toby Rudolph playing for the Sharks at the moment with the Gene Simmons Kabuki top knot. He is <laughs> top class. But in terms of where you've got to, Johnny, I have some stats here. You can update us. We understand you've done at least 529 laps so far. That's exactly right, mate. And how much have you raised? We've raised. Uh, we're going to get to about seven thousand soon. We've, we're, currently, we've got about a thousand dollars on a jersey, yeah. and we've got a couple of sponsors to sponsor. Um, the final series, yeah. and we're talking with another couple to sponsor the two grand finals because we're doing it Canterbury Cup style. Would you like to name the sponsors now, Johnny? Uh, yes, one of the the sponsor for the final series is the Gladstone Hotel at Dully Chill, my local. Oh, oh beautiful! Fantastic, yeah. Yes, and we're trying to get Greg Madison and his business, yeah. uh, GGA Glass. Yeah. Uh, they're um, they're going to sponsor one grand final and. We're going to try and get the Sharks to sponsor the last grand final. Well, good luck with that. But... <laughs> and I'm going to mount, mount a one-man campaign to get John Singleton to put a few more bob in, all right? Well... Why not, man? Why not? We've got his phone number. Yeah, and, I'll and, find and, it. And is there a magic number that you're trying to raise, John, yeah. by any chance? I sat down with Tim Fuller and Jason Pritchard. They're the brains behind it. The brains, yes. You're the legs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the legs. They're the brains. And uh, they, we came with a... Um, Jason had a spreadsheet, whatever it's called. A spreadsheet. And we worked out 800 laps, mate. We'll finish on 800. 
And how much money do you want to get? I want to get at least 8,972. You beauty! Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> the, the crowd figure every week at Henson Park. And now, look, Johnny, congratulations on what you're doing. Yeah. And my heavens, with the announcement that we're going to get 40,000 into ANZ Stadium for the grand final, surely yeah. the final lap should be of you going around <laughs> ANZ come the 24th of October or 25th of October grand final day. You're doing magnificent work. We love the Thank Jets you. here on Fire Up, Johnny. Thank you very much, boys. And, Johnny, last question. Do you have a piece of music that you actually, uh, you know, sail around to every time there's a try scored? Um, I don't, but I'd love to hear a Led Zeppelin, any Led Zeppelin song. There you go. We'll put that one up for for grabs as well for discussion at the next board meeting. Well, good on you, and uh, we'll spread the word here at Fire Up, okay? Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Johnny. God bless you. Bye-bye. Johnny. Johnny Trad there. Uh, and uh, that's a nice little fundraiser. And really, that is the heart of rugby league, Chris. I hate to say it. My grandfather was a Newtown supporter. My father picked up on that. But then when he moved to uh, Strathfield, uh, he decided to change to West, as, as a good person does with their neighbourhood. But uh, it's in our family background. You love them too? I really, really do, Stephen. I mean, you know, I walked into this studio a naive young man, and I will leave it a disenfranchised uh, disillusioned veteran but I, will, but I will work out with one thing and that's a love for the Newtown Jets right. Stephen. And, and and there is a team that uh, li- li- this is it's it's a ritual and rugby league like all sport built on rituals one of those rituals right now is to pile on to Melbourne <laughs> that's right correct well I keep opening the newspapers in anticipation to see an article about Melbourne ruining football with the wrestles Stephen oh. and as much as I'm an opponent of Peter Volandis in so many ways he did get the game going again and he might have at the cost of that awful six again rule, he might have actually eliminated half of what journalists write at this particular time. Well, it is a new, a new, a new year. It's a, it's a, it's a year that we've not unprecedented, Chris. Can I say uncharted? Uh, <laughs> can I say that? Unanticipated. And you know what? We all have to pivot. We've got to be nimble. We've got to be agile. That's the rules. So if we can't pile on Melbourne for the wrestle, yeah. what can we pile can on we for, Stephen? Well, first of all, look. Um, God knows how do we define this one more time? You know the. The, the, there, are two, there are two schools here about Cameron Smith, of course, and Cameron Smith is refusing to announce his retirement. Now, he's about 48 years old. Yes. You've got to give him credit for that, but that's because he never gets tackled. <laughs> he doesn't do any work. He just looks around and passes the ball. You know what I'm saying? He's really just like a mail exchange, isn't he? He's a glory hound, you too. Know, the, the letters come in, yeah. the letters go out, yeah. and, and there's virtually no transaction cost for him. This, this concept of strategic sort of gamesmanship and, you know, he's like a general in the army and he's governing everything in rule... It, Rot. Absolute rot, Chris. He's just a conduit. Now, James Hooper, revered journalist for Fox, has come out fighting, hasn't he? What's he said? Well, Hooper's... He, he's he's a he's a journalist for Fox League, and those things normally don't coincide in the same sentence, Stephen. Yes, according yes, to most people, yes. but he is a man adrift because he can't write the wrestle article. Right. So he's looked for something, anything about um, Melbourne that he can perhaps class an adverse inference. Now, it's very very clear that they like clarity. They like clarity, and that is that they want to know when Smith is retiring so they can put all the puff there's pieces a domino together. effect, isn't there? That's right. You mm. know, they've got. Cooper Cronk on their books. They want to be able to get those two guys in a room and say, can you make up Gus Gould and Wayne Beaver style? Yeah. So he's looking for anything. And so he's come across the fact that back in the World Cup in 2017, Mm -hmm. Cooper Cronk in Cooper's style gave a couple of Churchillian soliloquies about what the game means to him. Churchillian soliloquies. That's right. That's a combination of the, the greatest wartime British Prime Minister, along with a soliloquy, of course, which you could, I suppose, date back beyond Shakespeare, back to the Greeks. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly okay. right. Um, about what the game means to him, about what the boys mean to him, what Australia post-2000 Olympics means to him. Yes, yes. Uh, 
the way Cooper does it is slightly over the top. I mean, they, they, all the guys are in the dressing room, and suddenly the lights go down, yeah. and then you see him holding like a book. A, a spotlight? Yes, single yeah. spotlight. One lone man yeah. with a book. Yeah, with a little bit of an electronic drone going, followed by swelling strings, and wow. go, this is what your boys meant to me. Smith didn't like that. No. So when they came to game day, <laughs> Robbo style, yeah. today's game day, yeah. we're climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro. Smith, according to Hooper, just had some very, very choice words for the boys. Right. Don't you, Carmichael Hunts, let me down. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that is, this has created a huge yeah, yeah, stir, yeah. right? Because that doesn't fit the Melbourne narrative. No. There's no way that Smith is like that. And no greater uh, unbiased, objective scribe than Billy Slater mm-hmm. has said, I played a couple of games with this guy. Yes, he did. And I've been a part of a few program, uh, pre-game speeches, and not once mm-hmm. have I heard Cam make it about himself. Right. And listen to these words, Stephen. If you ever doubted Billy Slater's role in the pantheon of mm. rugby league, mm-hmm. just digest this. I will. Let, will it go down, Will? Let Cameron's legacy find its place <laughs> instead of trying to create it for him. Right. Cop that, James Hooper. Do we get a, do we get a say in this too? <laughs> yes, the legacy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, you, no, no greater sort of mind, I think, than Russell Brand, who's now sort of, of course, not only is he, he's not found God, he's found some sort of essence of life the life force itself that comes embedded in all great religions and philosophies. And he breaks it down into the, the, the sense that, uh, well, selflessness. If you, if you show interest in others and show service to others, you are a great person. And people will recognize that and they'll be drawn to you. It's charismatic. And do unto go- others as they do unto you? But there is a bit of that. Russell Brand's getting paid for this? He, well, yeah, he's got the beard. He's got the shirt undone and everything. He's got, he's got the slightly messianic look, doesn't yeah. he? And William Tell Overture. It was, it was being played, I swear to God, and I was like going, well, okay, okay, I'm with you, Russell. But he does remind Jesus. Me, he does remind me of, Buddha? He does remind me Gandhi? of Trevor White in the Harry and Miller production Very of Jesus much Christ so. Superstar. Right, okay. That's, that's a good point, Chris. Um, so, look. Having said that, I don't know whether – because the other thing you missed was saying that Cameron said all he needs to do is turn and give the other players the look. The look, right. That's the stink eye. You know that one. So this is it's now – It's the traffic transgression look. So we're trying to bring balance to the argument, Stephen, because yeah. this is a battle for Cam's legacy. So right. you've got the Billy Slater view. He's never made it about himself. Hooper's down the wrong track. Yeah. But there was another piece of information about Cam that came to light this week, Stephen. Yes. Do you remember former Melbourne Storms hooker Slade Griffin? Right. He's a musician, right? <laughs> That's right? He was in an Australian 70s glam band called Buffalo, actually. <laughs> and briefly in Hush. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. what about Rabbit? Was he in Rabbit, <laughs> Rabbit. from Adelaide? Yeah, right. was it? No, no, Newcastle. Yeah. The Bleeding Guitar, remember that? But it was Strawberry Jam on the cover. And he, and he was you know, a little bit like Spinal Tap. He was in Supernaut during their little-known Super jazz Nort. fusion period, oh, right? Yeah. And that's that's the period to go for. That's the collector's period, right? But apart from playing, playing in those bands, he also briefly played for the Storms. And I believe he ended up at the Newcastle Knights. Right, and Slade gave an interview this week talking about one of Cam's old tricks when he came up against him in the scrum. He undid Slade's bootlaces in the scrum. Oh, he's a chucklehead, isn't he? And and to quote to quote Slade, the old dog with the old tricks. Yeah. I just cracked up. And you know, we thought James Maloney was the only funny guy That's in rugby right. league throwing boots. Yeah, I know. And and is, is this not you talk about the Billy Slater yeah. trying to emulate Cooper Cronk Churchillian words? Yep. Slade is much more direct. I was a bit filthy, a bit filthy, because I couldn't get the dummy half of the next two players. <laughs> Presumably because he's still tying up his yeah, shoelaces. That's right. And he goes, the old dog got me. The old dog <laughs> so got me. So maybe that is the legacy of yeah. Cam, that he is an yeah. old dog. And maybe like we said earlier with the Human League-inspired George Michael song, we should shoot the dog. He is playing us, though, isn't he? And, of course, whilst we're on the storms, uh, the fox with two X's, 
there was another quote, wasn't there, about him? So Josh Adekar's coming to the Tigers, Stephen. It's a complicated deal that I'm trying that to engineer. That is about, about due for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, they get a bit of quality back. Now, what did Billy Slater, how did he describe the Fox this week? Uh, so Billy Slater described the Fox this way. He goes, he's more than just a textbook, textbook robotic winger. Not a bot. So if he's not, not even part bot. So if he's not a... Robot, yeah. Clearly, he's got to get out of the. He's storms. not welcome. He's absolutely not welcome down south. Chris, did you know a person I can verify? He has a sense of humour. Yeah, and you know the other thing that he also brought up. Mm-hmm. He said that he's a bit of a nerd, the fox, and he sits down the front when belly aches doing the meetings. And the last thing the storm like is a classroom nerd sitting down the front in the training room, Stephen. Right. Well, we we we, we guarantee we will continue to pile on Melbourne for the next. How many more weeks have we got to go to the finals, Chris? Uh, we've got two more regular season games to endure, yes. and then we've got uh, let's hopefully only a one or two week run for. And the don't Storms. forget that text line zero four zero nine nine four five nine four five. And don't forget we are podcasting this, and then you get the bonus second podcast done out of the Batuta Studios. Absolutely, fire up Squad Australia! Wow. I am fired up. Chris Gale is fired up. I think even the Fox is fired up. The whole world is fired up. Well, two two weeks to go to the finals, and of course, there's no hope, Chris, for no, us. No, no, there's none no for hope us. For, but there's hope for rugby league. Uh, and sorry, we've got to... sorry, Stephen. Salary cap breaches. There's still time. Ah, I'm still hoping on the Stephen Bradbury theory that everybody will fall apart and the Dragons will sail on through at the very end. Doesn't look likely, though, does it, Chris? No. No, well, we did get a text from Lenny from Bexley, probably the greatest text today. Stephen, today you say there were only 4,000 people at the Olympic Stadium last night, but in 20 years' time there'll be 400,000 who will say they were at the game last night. Such is the magic of rugby league. How true is that? How true, How true is, is that? that? Uh, now, Chris, we are going next week into supporter drive. Just beforehand, Stephen, I, yes. I've got to tell I think we've got to, we, we want to say, send a shout oh, out to Dale, don't we? We do too. Every week without fail, we get this incredible text from young Dale and Sam, the blessed one. Uh, and look, in the spirit of Cameron Smith, we ask you to keep that, uh, that, that compliment coming every single week, please. And I've also got a text from, we were just talking about the Newtown Jets, from Albie Tallarico. Uh, Peter Volandes has gone on record this morning and saying, anyone going to the AFL Grand Final in Queensland, it's like going to an ACDC concert if you're an ABBA fan. That that that's per- interesting, isn't it? Well, I I I would go to both those concerts. So Abba that, and ACDC yeah, together, wouldn't yeah. that be a great double act? It, it does worry me. Hey? Do- who would I, go on first though? I, I'm starting to hear the call <laughs> of the north. Yeah. Well, yeah, who supports who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, as you know, you know they're decimated, uh, Akadaka. You know, I mean, Angus is still floating around. The, the drummer's still in jail or locked down or something, isn't he? I think Phil Rudd. One no, of them is. He's, he's 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 out and about. They, do they trust him? Yeah. Do they trust him? Do you know Chris Slade used to drum for them for a while? And he was I in Man- did. Manfred Man's Earth Band. And how good was Slade? Can we get that back for the grand final? Oh, can you imagine? Look, seriously. Come on, we're all crazy now. Imagine that. We've in- we've endured Slash on his own playing <laughs> yes. an electric guitar. Yes. We've endured Ricky yeah. Martin. If we got Noddy Holder and Slade out yeah. there doing Come On, Feel the Noise. Everyone's going to do it for budget price. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And then you could ask Angus to come and join you. <laughs> That's right. How good would that be? And then ABBA. <laughs> so the AFL throws up ACDC and ABBA. 
we get slayed, we win. Nah, we no, win. Man. Okay, now we can talk about the supporter drive. I don't think we're going to get ABBA for the supporter drive next week. We'll get something, though. We'll get something good. Now, um, we often say to people, um, hold your money till next week, though. Yes. Um, if you want to say, look, I don't like Fire Up. I want to put my money to FBI with the stipulation that Fire Up gets wiped off the air. As the other guy, I'm prepared to walk. Fair enough. If we get a, a, a balance that, that goes 51% to say, get off the air, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Money speaks. And look, look, I mean, these are two uh, reaches out that we've done today, Stephen. For the Newtown Jets, an important cause, and the FBI supporter drive, absolutely fundamental to keep Sydney's arts, music, and culture vibrant yes, and alive. Yes. What else was JobKeeper for? Well, that is true. But see... Yes, good point, Chris. <laughs> Scott, Scott Morrison is basically reaching out and says, I want the Jets playing football yeah. and I want FBI... To remain strong. Strong. In principle, independent. <laughs> playing the music yeah. that I, Scott Morrison, want to hear. He says he's a Cronulla supporter, a rugby league supporter. He, so he's, he's definitely listening to Fire Up. Yeah. And, and he's also... If, if there's not a guy, if there's a bigger trap fan in the entire Shire, yeah. I've never met him. That's right. And Morrison needs FBI, yeah. and we need your support to keep Scotty I would say that he probably alive. needs FBI to potentially hold his position and win the next election. And, <laughs> and we do take donations, Scott. Yes. Straight one-off one off donations. Very, very happy. Throw I mean, it in. There's apparently the usual uh, astonishing stuff about crazy COVID arts funding going on today. Well, a little bit of that coin would come down to Redfern, Scott. Support a drive next week, and you might just fall over the line next time we go to the polls. Now, I hate to bring us down into the dirt, Chris, but uh, there are always people complaining in rugby league. It's a, it's a, it's a gripe whinge fest, isn't it? But uh, the bunker. Everybody hates the bunker, don't they? Now, the bunker, of course, is around the corner in uh, Redfern Technology Park, but can technology save us? I don't think so. Melbourne will never say, save us, so why should the bunker save us? I always wonder why there's a faint hum in my headphones in this studio, Stephen, and it's actually picking up all the noise from the bunker because I've got so much equipment going there. Yep. And it was front and centre in the Roosters fixture against the Knights last week at the old girls, Stephen, where a Lindsay Collins try was disallowed because apparently Nat Butcher mm. was providing an obstruction. So the referee's thrown it up. I think it's probably cl- it's always Klein. It's, you know, uh, <laughs> it's it's thrown up for adjudication. And the innovation in the bunker this year was to have a referee, mm. Horse Maxwell, mm. and an ex-player, mm. both Scott, adjudicate together. Chris, before you go on. This whole six again thing, this whole thing of making rugby league faster, more entertaining, wouldn't it be just the go for the referee to make a decision, flawed or not, yes. and move on? Yes, that would keep just keep the game flowing. Correct. But no, not Ashley Klein. No, no, carry on. So we're up in the bunker yep. now. Maxwell and Scott have disagreed, mm-hmm. and Maxwell has concluded that Butcher was providing an obstruction. Yeah. And Bo Scott said, mate, I played the game. You're yeah. kidding. Hey, listen, I would never argue with Bo Scott. You saw him. <laughs> hard man. Hard man. Very hard man. Yeah. Uh, they've had a blue. Maxwell, they've, they've actually fought. There's footage of this. They've fought. There is footage. And bizarrely, Maxwell yeah. has overpowered both Scott and no. hit the no try. No. There's the usual explosion. Yeah. The, the commentators, their go-to phrase is, what can he do? He can't disappear. No. Which makes me think that David Copperfield. Could disappear. Chris Angel. Houdini. Houdini. Yes, What yes. a great, they, they play the ball and yes, then yes. disappear. Do you the remember I, as a kid wanting to get the, well, first of all, there was the skeleton glass where you could see through <laughs> that's right. the dresses of the girls or whatever. Itching powder. And then there was the invisible coat, you know. <laughs> God, oh, wouldn't that be great? The, 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 the modern game rugby league needs a whoopee cushion on every seat at that grand. <laughs> 40,000 whoopee cushions. All at once. At a, 
How good would that be? Yeah, yeah. Stick that up the clacker AFL. That's what I'm telling you. So you're saying when Cam Smith runs out? Is that what you're saying? That's how the world will feel. Entertainment done. So anyway, this has led to the usual outcry. You know what the rugby league has done, Stephen? What's it done? They've removed the guy who got it right because Annesley's come out and said it was a try. So we've got the ex-players out of the bunker. We're sticking with the guys who get it wrong. Right. Gus Gould's blown up, Stephen. He's blown up. What's Gus saying now? Come on, come on. I can't watch a game unless Matt Checken's refereeing. When Matt Checken referees, I can get my I can get me chips and my, 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 my drink out and sit there and relax like a day at the footy. Because I, I enjoy Matt Checken. He doesn't get everything right. He doesn't try to. He just lets the game play. Everyone's having a good time. No one's getting upset. No one's swearing at referees. No one's getting sent off for dissent. No one's, you know, there are no fights. There are no Because everyone's happy. They're all enjoying the game. These other referees, they drive everyone into insanity. No wonder they're abusing people. Oh, it's just... Don't start me, James. Can we erase this last 10 minutes from the, from the podcast, please? Well, I'm with Gus. He's fired up. And look, let's say, let's let's face some facts. It's a modern era, Chris. We're progressives here at FBI. And we all know that rugby league is absolutely bullshitting itself when it says there's only one guy in the village, and that is Ian Roberts. Matt Checken, openly gay referee, came on fire up. He's a man we all love, we're all proud of. And of course, he lets the game flow his way. I'm with him. Everyone's saying that the overlord, Peter Volandis, has you know, cured all our ills and made the game entertaining, and he was certainly an agent by which we um, have attempted to speed up the game, but that's mm, failed with yes. the bunker. Yeah. Um, he also was an agent for reducing it to one referee, but that wasn't far enough. No. What we need to do is distill this game to its essence. <clears throat> we need Matt Checkton refereeing mm. all eight games. Every game. That's a huge demand on the on Matt. Yes. But basically, when he retires... Can we clone him? Well... This is what science... I mean, yeah. give Craig Bellamy a call and say, look, you've had a pretty good run, mate. Can we have a bit of your technology? Yes, we need yes. to clone check The Petri dish. Yeah, and as a short-term thing, get Gus in and say, how did you set up the Penrith Rugby League Academy? We yeah. set up the Chechen Academy. So it's a wing. Yeah, it's like the Umbrella Academy. Yes, yes. And you bring young kids in, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you don't teach them to referee, no. you teach them to referee like Matt Chechen, and right. then the game would it be It looks good. the same, never ages. Ageless. Ageless. Now, how does it... I don't know how cloning works, but there's a pop-out fully grown man... Or does he have to go through, you know, 28 years or whatever to get to that point? I don't know how that works, Chris. Well, can we fast track the technology? I mean, you don't know who Slade Griffin is from the Storms, right? I don't. Because these guys run out in a Storms jumper and you go, I've never heard of this guy. No, They're no, obviously no. coming out fully formed adults. And this is where we, we tips our lids or whatever you say, uh, that, that Storm do know how to do de- We don't know how they do it. No. But they do make and develop talent that come out of nowhere. They don't have to buy it at, 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 at hyper rates from other teams, do they? <laughs> Boom. We've got a new guy here. He's six foot eight. <laughs> He's a monster, and he's great. Wow, where'd that come from? Hello, Asafa Solomona. Right. Okie dokie. Now, uh, Chris, uh, my team, the St. George Saints, the Illawarra Dragons, etc. Had a, they just capitulated. They just threw in the towel, and I think I blame you know somebody at the top because you don't announce three games out of the finals, even if you've got a slim mathematical chance that you're all out of a job. You wait till you finish before you, you knock them on the head. And so I don't think they cared, except for Cody Ramsey, of course, you know, the, the beautifully hirsute uh, winger who scored two tries and should have scored three, as we know. Now, um, Ewan Aiken, is he on the move? Yeah, he's on the move. Where is he going to, the Warriors? I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Ewan Aiken, straight after, literally five minutes after the game, was spotted at the McDonald's drive through doing what they do on the ad where they go around in circles fast with a baby in the car. Ordering a quarter pounder. Now, I was on the rat poison by that stage. So good luck to him. A bit of put won't hurt. The, the Dragons didn't surrender last weekend, Stephen. No. They meekly surrendered. Oh. But you've got to admire a kid who's able to, within the space of, I think it was about half an hour, uh, warm down, mm-hmm. shower, mm-hmm. reclothe, mm-hmm. 
endure another fellas. That was awful a speech from the now departing Dean Young. Yeah. Get into his car. Yeah. Get into the takeaway. Not and, break COVID bubble. Yeah. That's not break the bubble. Mm-hmm. Do it contactless. Yeah. Order the quarter pounder. Yeah. And be chomping away at the lights in Wollongong whilst driving. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. No wonder he's a top flight uh, sports person. If only he could handle the football as well as he handled uh, that quarter pounder. Yes. Now Roy Masters. Now we, we in this time, these troubled times, we need brains. We don't just need instant. We don't just need you know Mr. Lucky uh, Valanis. Though he has gone from twenty five to fifty percent attendance capacity for the finals games, unlike any other sport in the world. Hail the Overlord. We Hail do. the Overlord. But Roy Masters is the And we've got, we've got devils in the game like Cameron Smith to deal yeah. with, so we need some help. And, and since Ricky's uh, been dethroned, the, the greatest thinker in rugby league, Roy Masters, surely. What's he done this week? Well, That's beyond pro- me. The professor has actually analysed the six-again rule, Stephen, yeah. which is something that, as you know, irritates me enormously. Look at the flood of possession that they try to get the rabbits back in. And we did have someone text in about the Paul O'No try yeah. as undermining our theory. Well, I think the actions of Klein and Cartwright and the like afterwards show that they actually restored our theory. But anyway, um, he said that the six-again rule goes against what NRL coaches believe. And what NRL coaches believe is defence, Stephen. Yes. And they've based all their coaching on a quote from a 19th century Prussian general, Carl yes. von Klaswitz. Know him well, Chris. Defence is the strong form with the negative object. Defence is the strong form with the negative object, okay. And attack the weaker form with the positive object. It does your head in, doesn't it, Chris? Makes a change from Sun Tzu, doesn't it, Stephen? <laughs> it surely does. Now, talk about refreshing stuff. Uh, Nick Walsh, one of our favourite... Uh, well, he's got flourish. He's Baroque, isn't he? Rococo, I'd say, in style. <laughs> he's the master of the metaphor, Stephen. He is. He describes the Panther stars. Stephen Crichton as getting higher than Cheech Marin. That's a, that's a doozy, that one, isn't it? Was that part of your rite of passage, watching Up and Smoke as a... Yes, as it was. A, and, and those uh, uh, Cheech and Chong comedy albums. What was the one where they were at a party and somebody knocked over the, what we know as Omo or Ajax on top of the, the uh, washing machine and he thought it was a great big line of coke? <laughs> it was detergent and it was about a mile long? Funny stuff, Chris. I wasn't allowed to watch those movies, Stephen. I was brought up in a very um, uh, uh, Victorian-type household. No, I, of course you were, Chris. You didn't even know what it meant. Now, I'm going to, out of context here, say Corey Norman... Fears the dragon's form may affect his maroon shot. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I'm sorry. It is feel-good Friday, yeah. isn't it, Stephen? That's funny. Now, one final thing, if yes. I could just add on, Chris, that Curtis Scott. Now, this is a this is a uh, a human right. This is like you know the Chinese Communist Party invading our 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 spaces, you know, and, and taking our data. When it comes to human rights, the police versus the individual, the state versus the individual. Curtis Scott is a victim. He uh, merely. In the Australian tradition, went to the Ivy, stray day, got drunk, saw a, a beautiful fig tree. Yep, Morton Bay fig. Went to sleep. Um, th- say what you like about this show, Stephen. If, it, if we leave a legacy, it's that um, we're trying to honour Curtis Scott and yep. get justice for this young kid. Now, uh, apparently his lawyer decided, though the police, or the magistrate, I should say, dropped five charges and he just uh, accepted two very minor ones. And then the police, uh, the magistrate dropped those as well because he'd suffered enough. Right. He didn't came out with a photo, didn't he, of the damage done by tasering and belting of this young man who was merely asleep, was woken up in handcuffs, tasered, pepper sprayed, and well, then hit. Tasered, pepper sprayed, and manhandled and ankle twisted after he was handcuffed, I hasten to point Whilst out. Whilst he was waking up. Uh, it, it, a rude awakening, I'd call Chris. Anyway, it's, it's belief, it. they're very damaging, these uh, bruises and these images. They show the end result of what the police did. I look at those bruises and think... Why does any member of the public have to suffer those injuries for simply falling asleep under a tree? Now, that's a question we all ask ourselves. I, 
I simply end with those memories that were brought uh, to life by the William Tell Overture at the Bulldogs yes, versus yes. Rabbits last night of the Sydney Olympics. And if there was one message that yeah. we took away from yeah. the Olympic Games, it yeah. was the right of an Australian yeah. to be drunk under a Morton Bay fig whenever he or she chooses, Stephen. Oh, I think that was par-, par for the course for all Australians during the Olympic period. Where has that magic time gone, Chris? And then Scott says to the police when he's um, on the ground, handcuffed, he goes, I've done nothing wrong. My eyes are effing killing me. Policeman says, just relax, it's pepper spray. Oh my now, goodness. you know when you want a Sunday relax and a pina colada, you go you know, to your dear partner, MJ, will you get me some pepper spray, please, and spray me? I need to relax by the pool, you know. How am I supposed to relax? It's not that bad, says one of the 15 coppers who jumped on his foot. End of story, Chris. Things have to change, Stephen. Things but, have to change. And rugby league will be a force of good. See you next week. Go football. <laughs> So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!